Welcome to Blood Moon Milk. I'm your host, Aurora, and today I have an exciting guest for you. Tyrone is a Dreamtime coach and the creator of the Activated Dreamer Workshop and Masterclass. In the past, Tyrone was a stuntman, co-founder of a nonprofit art therapy program, and founded a mindfulness app. His background is in energy medicine, mindfulness, yoga, meditation, shamanism, and dreaming. He now teaches students around the world to use their dreams as a healing modality and transformational tool to tap into their inner source of wisdom and guidance. Check out Tyrone's online workshop, The Activated Dreamer, in the description below in the show notes, and enjoy the show. Tell me about yourself. Tell me how you found me and uh, we can start from there. Yeah. Well, nice to meet you, Aurora. Yeah, you and too. I uh, found you on actually Apple Podcast. Yeah. I just did a search for, I was doing searches for spirituality and astrology and just seeing podcasts that might be a good fit. And that's where I found you. Very yeah, cool. In the beginning of getting yourself out there, it's like you just got to do it yourself. So that's a that's a way that I found to to just you know find fun people in podcasts like yourself. So. Yep, I definitely know uh, all about doing it yourself. Um, I have <laughs> been doing it myself the whole time for the most part. I had a in the very very beginning, I started with a partner who I you know, as well-intentioned as they were at the beginning and they were very gung-ho and then they just kind of lost interest, um, wanted to do their own thing. So we kind of parted ways, but it's been good. You know, um, I, it's certainly something that has, uh, helped me along my path to have my own project of some kind to kind of help ground me, especially when everything else is so, um, turbulent. You know, astrology, I think, helps for me to, helps to decode the universe to me. Yeah, that's right. Helped keep us uh, connected to something greater. Yeah, exactly. And so um, tell me a little bit about your background. I know your work is mainly focused on dreams, which I'm really excited about. Mm. Um, I'm a big, big, like vivid dreamer. A lot of times I have a hard time waking up. But just before we talk dreams just tell me a little bit about your journey yeah get my journey in a nutshell so well for one dreams are something that's always stood out to me from an early age so since i was a kid it's always been something that stood out to me Uh, and then in my teens i discovered a book about dreams and realized that oh there actually is something to this whole thing called dreams because someone's taken the time to write a book about it so i super geeked out on that at 14 and then that just set me off in the trajectory of where i am now at 41 uh, 1441 switched the numbers and now I'm still <laughs> dreams has now become part of my life um, so much so that it's it's just what I do and what I offer for the world but part of that journey in between that or throughout that whole thing was you know just kind of being caught up in the world and pursuing a job I didn't really want to do and just so I could get to the point of being able to retire one day and live my golden years it just wasn't vibing with me so much so uh, and one day I hit this tipping point uh, where I just got so frustrated with that path that I, I was also simultaneously 
trying to pursue something else on the side, which was to be a professional stuntman. So I was doing that on the side, but then also mainly working this full-time work and career, trying to make things happen. And I just got so frustrated with that. Then in that point of frustration, I got flooded with flashes, like a scene out of a movie where your life flashes before your eyes. That literally happened to me when I, I just hit a frustration point and then flashes of psychic and strange experiences I had had in my life, things that were completely opposite of the world I was pursuing, flashed. These little psychic experiences I had, things I couldn't explain, you know, paranormal things, uh, things I've felt and then they happen the next day or the same yep. day. Yeah. All those types of experiences flooded to me like, no, hey, look, there's something more to life. So I'm like, you know what? I'm frustrated with trying to pursue this path. I want to see what's this path about. That sent me in the trajectory of studying spirituality. I got introduced to yoga and meditation, and then it just all just went full force at that point. You know, had started having spiritual awakenings and uh, insights and studied, studying energy healing and shamanism. And uh, now I'm here where I am today talking about dreams as a transformational tool, which is not something I even thought was a thing back then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's super interesting. Um... I'm, I feel like many of us who um, have felt called to leave mainstream, you know, um, society on one level or another, you know, um, whether it's like for me, um, like I had been doing the podcast and astrology for years and had a day job, right? And it was always kind of my goal to get the podcast and my work as an astrologer to the point where that was my day job, more or less. Um, but then my day job went away, the pandemic happened, and I was like, well, I've got this little um, island of astrology that I'm going to swim to <laughs> and see if I can uh, make it happen, make it work, you know, and um, it's it's really interesting that it's happening when it's happening. Um, I mean, not really, like as an astrologer, I'm like, oh, this is divine timing, right? This is um, the perfect imperfection of the universe, like gu guiding me along this path that I can only sense if I'm being very sensitive to the unseen, the undercurrents of energies. And that's what astrology does. Um, and dreams do that. They speak to us in a different way. Um, they, I mean, like I write down my dreams um, and think about them. And there, there are cultures, like indigenous cultures that I've read about that uh, like their whole life is dictated by their dreams. Like they, yeah. they're like, they go to sleep and then they have their dreams and they wake up and they talk about all the dreams together. And then they're like, okay, well, that's what we're going to go do today. We're going to go find this fruit in the forest or something. And that's their whole life. And um, it's just interesting. You know, it, they, it's like, I forget the name. I want to say they're like an Indo. The Ashwar. Ashwar people. Maybe, yeah, it, it was like an indigenous tribe deep in the jungles, I want to say Indonesia, maybe? Um, okay, yeah, Ashwar people, I believe, are somewhere in South America, I, I could be forgetting, but Ashwar people are also one of those considered dreaming cultures, where, yeah, dreaming yeah. is part of their daily life. They uh, drink Wayusa tea together in the mornings, actually, as they re you know, share their dreams. 
Why is says interesting? Um, I've had I have some in my refrigerator um, <laughs> that uh, I haven't had it in a little while, but um, I was introduced to it at an Akashic Records workshop of all things. Okay. Um, yeah. It was it was really interesting. Um, I def I think it definitely helps to kind of get the mind working in a different level, but without being. Um, it's not like mind altering, you know, like it's not really altering your reasoning abilities, but it's definitely connecting something in a different way. It was interesting how that herb became known as one on the list of dream herbs. Dream herbs, um, the Greek word for that is onerogens, oneros for dreams and gen to create. Uh, so dream herbs and Wayusa is on that list because of a pair of Ashwar twins. So from the Ashwar people that live deep in the jungle. Uh, I'm not sure the timing of this, but this is many, many a time ago, where <laughs> as their tribe wanted to find something in the jungle that would help support their dreaming. On the same night, these Ashwar twins, twin brothers, had the same dream, which you could call a mutual dream. They had the exact same dream together, where they were shown this, the Wayusa leaf, and shown that that would be helpful for dreaming. So again, they had it the same night, which really just, for me, I see that as, that was just wherever that information was coming from, from spirit guides, ancestors, jungle mm -hmm. source, whatever you want to call it. It was just emphasizing, like, yes, you had this dream, you had this dream, this is the leaf, go out and get it. So that was something they could source from around them. And to this day, that's been the plant, the leaf that they drink together, the tea, is the Wayusa. Um, that's so interesting. I, I mean, I've heard in a lot of shamanic traditions where the information comes from as to which plants to use for different medicinal purposes, the information has come from like the spirit of the plant itself, um, mm -hmm. according to, you know, various shamans and various traditions all around the world. It's like, where does this come from? They're like, oh, the plant told me or told my my teachers or my teacher's teachers like you know way way back but um it speaks to the connection between us and our environment and how we're wired to be supported by our environments and yeah. i think part of what's happening and what's so interesting is our society has become so entrenched in and i mean technology is great but when technology is ruling your life and you're divorcing yourself from your surroundings and you're oblivious to the impact that you have as an individual, um, it, you're really doing not only yourself a disservice, but you're doing everybody you might help through being connected to your environments. And so I think dreams and astrology, all these things, yoga, um, kind of help reinforce and help center us and bring us back to the moment, the present, and the impact that we can have. Definitely, yeah, and connecting to nature as well is really helpful. Like you said, we're, I think you said we're addicted to these screens or addicted to technology, and mm. <laughs> I was recently in the jungle a few weeks ago. I spent the, the day in the jungle uh, here in Thailand and I was just sitting there in the jungle, just staring into the jungle. Mm -hmm. And what I heard, I was getting, I had my notebook in my hand the whole day because just information was coming through. Like I said, where does it come from? You know, it's coming from the jungle, who knows? But information was coming through and it was helpful 
and practical to apply you know, to oneself. Uh, but one of these, one of the little one-liners that came through was, "Stare at the jungle." The same you as or become addicted to the jungle, the same as you're addicted to your phones. Mm. Or stare at the jungle, the same that you are you're stuck on your phones. Somewhere along those lines, it's in my notebook. Which <laughs> I would the the initial way it came through was definitely more articulate than just happened. <laughs> so it's you get okay. the idea. Yeah, yeah. I I know. Uh, I'm somebody who tends to trip over words sometimes. So I, yeah, just I understand. Um, so tell me more about your practice as um, with with dreams. Like, what is it that interests you? What is it that you see as a theme that's coming up a lot? Where do you see um, your practice at now? Where do you think it's going? And how is it that you tend to work with people? Yeah. So with dreams, it's like. We all have we all have like challenges that, you know, that come up that we go through in life. You know, things in the past, things in the present, things within our self-expression, things within confidence, fears, worries. We just there's a lot going on in our heads. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that can hold us back and stress and yeah, just there's just so much that, that really can just hold us back and inhibit us from really expressing and being the fullest version of ourselves. But we have this inner guidance that we were born with, but unfortunately we weren't told that we were born with this gift. Gift, But some of us discover it later in life. And some of us maybe listening to this right now are discovering the, the true power of our dreams. And that's really my mission is to spread the power that our dreams have. We receive profound wisdom and guidance each night in our dream to help us with any and everything that we have present in our life. Whether it's a challenge from the past, from the a current situation we're in, you know, some sort of limiting belief that's been holding us back, some goal that we want to achieve, something we want to accomplish within ourselves, within the physical world, whatever it is, literally every single thing is showing up in our dreams. And when I've realized the how much we're getting complete guidance every night for for everything that we want to be, become, and attract in life. It's, it just blew my mind that I, I almost get lost for words when I even share this little information here because it's the feeling is overwhelming that I can, can't even get my words out. It's overwhelming of how much we get a cheat sheet for life, literally, every single night. But we're in a culture that's disconnected from it. And some of us that do listen to them or we get the occasional dream that really sticks out to us, then we'll go online and look up a symbol online. Mm-hmm. But yep, it's written. <laughs> it's just yep, yep, and you know we all we all have done it because we're not taught anything else. And so, if this is new to anyone listening, like this is I'm teaching you now, is that a dream symbol, which is anything that's in your dream, person, place, thing, whatever it is, it's unique for you. So if someone dreams of a lion, you dream of a lion, I dream of a lion, and someone else dreams of a lion. We might have different associations of what that lion means to us, but we could all go online and get the same meaning. But if we learn to tap into our own source of what our connection is to the person, place, or thing in our dream, it's something we can all do. It's a muscle we practice. Uh, and so that's what I teach my students, is to tap into your own uh, interpretation. And when you get your own interpretation, you get 
the specific meaning that's for you versus a generic meaning that's written online somewhere. And also different cultures, you know, as a snake in one culture might mean peace and prosperity. A snake in another culture might mean fear, warning, danger, just as an example. So oh, you see yeah. the So now I want to say, okay, what does a snake represent to me? Oh, I'm terrified of snakes. Or, oh, I love snakes. They're really, they're really interesting creatures. Oh, and, they, and you, then you start thinking about qualities of these people or persons or places or things. So now we're on a snake. Oh, a snake, what does a snake do? You know, they shed their skin. That's actually a really significant thing about snakes. You find their snake skin. Uh, what is shedding skin? A uh, transformation, uh, new skin, shedding the old. Uh, okay, maybe there's something there for me in this dream. I look at the other pieces of the dream and connect it to, you know, the snake shedding the skin. Is there some symbolic imagery there for me? And then you start to put the pieces together. You know, you think of a friend or you dreamt of a friend, for example. It's not necessarily that that dream is about that friend and you need to call them, but what does that friend represent to you? Oh, when I think about this friend, this friend is so confident. Like, I admire their confidence. Aha, this friend's representing my confidence. Oh, this friend's a, a full-time artist. When I think about them, I just think of creativity. This friend's representing my creativity. So this is just how you start to look at the symbols in your dream. And when you do this process of looking within instead of looking out online and in books, it also strengthens your intuition. Mm. And it becomes easier. I think that's a really, really important point. Um, I So that's all really good information, but I think there's, have you ever felt like dreams, um, and not all dreams, but certain dreams are not really dreams at all, but. Yeah. I was um, gonna go there, I'm glad you brought <laughs> us there. You yeah, like they're um, they're not, so for me, and I, I know the difference and I've experienced what I can say, like I know is a dream, like, and I've had lucid dreams, which are different. And then I've had what I can only describe as being so real, so visceral, that it feels more real than waking life. Um, mm. And that's where, I, so I don't always have that kind of dream, quote unquote, um, the the ultra real dream. Let's just call it that for the sake of clarity for this conversation. Um, but to me, it's like, oh, maybe this is another layer of existence, of reality, of this puzzle that we're all sort of living in, this multi-layered, multi-dimensional universe. Um, and I just got a sneak peek into some facet of it. Um, but I like you, <laughs> there's no other way to explain it other than it is more real than real, um, hyper real. Um, and some of the dreams I've had, quote unquote, hyper realistic dreams that I've had are, um, I mean, mind blowing, just absolutely in insane in the best possible way. Um, and so I, I want to know how to access that more frequently and like be more um, in control. Like I don't need to control what's happening, but like control when I'm doing it, for example, or ask for it to happen versus it just happening when it does and coming and going like a boat <laughs> you know that you are just passing by on the on the ocean 
Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to go there because yes, what I was referring to are your standard standard dreams. It's called standard dreams, which is a subconscious mind. It's projecting certain imagery to evoke certain feelings within yourself to point out certain things like limiting beliefs, things that might be holding you back or giving you tips and guidance in symbolic imagery to help you to step into what you want to step into and create what you want to create. Symbolic imagery coming from the subconscious mind, soul, wherever you want to call it, but symbolic imagery. But yes, and this is what I hear, just the words you said, I hear this all the time, literally in the same quote, which is, it just felt so real. Yeah. This dream just felt so real. Those experiences usually are. Now, I use the word real very loosely, but when we sleep outside of the subconscious mind dreams, we actually visit real tangible places in existence, which is what you were saying. Um, I call these astral dreams, you know, dreams in quotes for sure. But astral, astral being like the astral realm, which is just kind of a catch-all phrase basically for realms outside of the physical realm that we're in right now, in the waking reality. And so, yes, we do visit, we meet with people, whether they're, they might still be alive on earth, but we sometimes meet in the astral space during dream time and have meetings. Sometimes both will remember. More rare that that happens, usually only one person will remember. But there are cases where sometimes both will remember and they'll share, end up sharing the dream and realizing they had the same dream, dream, in quotes. Yeah. Um, and there's actually been studies too where they've done controlled studies where they have groups of people get together and aim and pick a specific location in physical reality to meet in the dream space at a certain time. Strangers that don't know each other and where they've been able to, multiple people have been able to recall what was there and what they did and come back with that information, just like a regular meeting. So you might that, meet with people in the past as well, crossed over. Yeah, so that like kind of um, almost lends itself to the world of remote viewing. Yeah. Yeah, and like the works of people like, um, what's his name, like, there's like a few people who like were very prominent and for some reason my the names have just leapt from my mind um but like i want to say his name is like uli uzi something like that um i can't remember it damn it <laughs> but uh anyway he was really famous for like going and doing like demonstrations of like bending spoons with his mind and telekinesis and that kind of thing but he also did a lot of remote viewing work for the governments and uh, was kind of like this mind soldier, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so like, just because it's not super mainstream doesn't mean it's not real. You know, it's not like a real ability that people can cultivate. That's right, the US government's been studying it for decades. And like, like this guy used to work for the government, hired by the government to teach soldiers how to remote view. So yeah, like when entities or bodies like the government knows they're real, it's like, yeah, they, they've been studying the fringe and the metaphysics for a long time. They know this, this stuff to be real as well. And, and to answer your question too, you would ask, you know, when you have these, we'll, we'll just call now astral dreams where you're in a real tangible place in existence, having a real meeting with someone or visiting a real place, um, how can you initiate that on purpose? So firstly, a lot of times we're having these experiences. We're actually very busy in our dream time. We just, there's an aspect of ourself that chooses not to bring back the memories. Mm. You, sometimes we do have these memories, 
but we're doing way more than we're remembering. Again, just it's a, it's a choice by a part of us. It's choosing not to, sometimes just to help us to be more present while we're here in a waking life, to not remember all these astral worlds and civilizations we, we visit and hang out with. Uh, but if you want to have more experience of that on, in, intentionally, you can set the intention before bed, something as easy as that, writing it down. You know, I'd, I'd love to visit this place or I'd love to visit with these people and to remember the experience when I wake up, setting that intention and to remember the experience when I wake up. And, and that just setting the attention alone can help you to have those experiences. Um, you know, with astral travel, that's something that generally you do when you're awake. Mm. You, you decide I'm going to astral travel, you lay down, you do your relaxing techniques, your visualization techniques, and you, you go travel in your energy body. But dreams can be a gateway into astral traveling. If you become lucid in the dream specifically, mm -hmm. um, now, sometimes we're going to these, having these astral experiences, but like you said, we're not necessarily choosing. It's just kind of happening. It's just happening to us. There's yeah. a, again, there's a part of us that's doing that, but we're not, the ego self isn't aware of the choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once you become lucid in a dream, you realize you're dreaming, you can use that as a gateway to go astral travel. Like, oh, I want to go visit the moon. Oh, I want to go to San Francisco. <laughs> I want to you go yeah. swim in the whatever you want to do but from that point you can astral travel um that's a, a good segue into how is it i i have only lucid dreamed like once that i can remember i've had lots of very you know um like astral dreams i've had lots of those but they weren't lucid, like to where I wasn't in control necessarily. I was just aware of how realistic they they were. Um, and just to clarify for those who might not know, um, lucid dreaming is when you have a kind of autonomy over your actions within the dream state. Would you agree? Um, yeah, you're you're aware that you're in a dream. You're aware that you're in a dream, and then you get to play with it. Um, yeah. And I've only ever been able to do it once. And after that one time, it was like, I felt like the door got slammed on me because it was like, oh, nope, you're not, can't do that. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, because it was like, oh, you've learned the trick. So, and now it's been something switched. And like the trick that I used to get to the lucid dreaming state, which only worked for me once. So if you try it or if you've had success or if people listening, um, when I put this out, like have had success doing this, let me know, but, or something else. Um, but what I did was I took my hand in the dream and I spread my fingers apart like I was enlarging a picture on a phone. So my thumb and my forefinger kind of just going apart like that. Um, and that was able to tear the fabric of the dream. Um, and I was able to like kind of tear it away and step through it into the universe, like the state of the universe. And it was like the image that I saw was just like wrapping paper. Um, and it was so cool, you know, like I was able to, like I was just like walking in outer space basically. Um, and I could kind of do what I wanted um, and I, I wish I could do that again, because I think I would have more questions and more intentions and 
um, things I would want to investigate now. Um, but then I was just like, I, like I probably didn't use it to the best of like my abilities. I was just like, oh, well, I want to call up a friend or something and you know, whatever. Um, I don't know if it actually did anything, but um, it was, I feel like I wish I could do it again, you know, but um, I haven't been able to. And as a result, since then, it's like when I dream, they're so realistic. My dreams are so realistic. It's hard for me to tell what is real and what's not real. And when I wake up, it's like, a, I'm still in bed with coffee, right, by the way, <laughs> like as I'm talking to you and it's like 11 in the morning here. Um, I mean, I've been like doing stuff on the computer in bed, but I'm not an early riser. I'm not a, a morning person because <laughs> of dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, 10 p.m. here. Yeah, and you're in Thailand. Um, so uh, t what took you to Thailand? Because I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Like, in a jealous in a good way. I'm happy for you, but I'm like, ugh. every like, it's such a beautiful place. The food's great. I imagine the people are wonderful. Um, and it's probably not without its challenges, but everybody I know who's gone there has been and has just fallen in love with it. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Well, I mean, Thailand's big, so I'm in a small little bubble in Thailand, a little island called Koh Phangan. So there's there's no airport on this island, so it's really small. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. It's super nice. I was living in Hawaii, actually, when I was in the U.S. Not from there originally, but that's been my home. It was my home for five years. Prior to coming to Southeast Asia, I went to Bali for a bit, and then over here to Koh Phangan, Thailand. And just through my friends, like in the spiritual community, told me about these places because for one, they're just supercharged places. This specific island uh, has crystals. So it's literally a crystal island. Wow. So anywhere you, you go to the beach, there's just quartz crystals. Of course, they don't look like geodes like I'm showing right now for anyone that's, so if you can see. Yeah. But they, this geode actually came from here, from the mountains here. Oh, wow. Yeah. But on the beach, there's these white crystals. They're just not polished. Yeah. White crystals all over the beach. You go hiking, there's just crystals. You're walking on crystals. So literally this whole island's on crystals. So it's supercharged, high energy. So I had a dream one time uh, that I was at this beach. Like it was, I would say like a great lake. It was kind of the vibe that I got. Like it was a huge body of water, but not salt, salt water. It was fresh water, but there were giant crystals on the beach instead of sand and they were polished and it was like all different colors just kaleidoscopic um and the guy <laughs> this is really random but the guy from Letterkenny this show um he's like one of the actors on it the main guy um was on the beach with me like and we were just chatting and like picking up these crystals going like what like these are amazing I'm just like talking about how incredible it was fascinating um, yeah, when, really I, when I hear a dream of just discovering something like you're discovering something in the dream, like crystals is a pretty common one. Like it's just like discovering something new within the self, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, could, could be, but without going too much into it. But a lot of times we're discovering things in dreams. It's a reflection of like discovering something new within the self. Uh, and then whatever else is happening in the dream will point to what that is. Yeah, it's... it's um... Super interesting. Tell me about one of your your most 
interesting, profound dreams. Like, I'm sure you have a lot of them, but there's probably at least one or two that stand out in your mind as being personally significant in some way that you might like to share. Yeah, there are so many profound dreams and, and we all have access to that, which is again, part of my mission is just to let you know, like, yeah, we all have access to these profound dreams to have them all the time. We just need to activate ourselves as a dream worker, essentially, you know, just with our intention and focus. So let's see, let's share one out of the many. <laughs> okay, I'll share a couple. So one was um, there was, I was in a ship, but this is like a boat, like a giant pirate ship, you know, classic wooden boat, with the big sails. Mm -hmm. It wasn't on the ocean. It was flying above the ocean. Interesting, yeah. It was about a hundred feet up above the ocean. So I'm on the side of it, looking down, I can see the ocean below. And the ocean was super stormy ocean, big yeah. turbulent waves. And I was there with some other beings that were with me. And we were discussing, they're like, are you ready? Because I knew I had to jump in. I had mm -hmm. to jump off the boat down into this stormy sea and I could see where I had to swim. I had to swim across the sea and then I would get to the shore where there was a cliff, which then I had to climb that. And then they would be, then the ship and my family and the ship would be there waiting for me. Once I got there, they said, we'll be there with you along the way. So as I was, so I take the dive in, swimming in the rough water, but I jumped in, even though the water looked scary and I knew it was going to be a rough swim in the dream. I knew that I had confidence that even though it was going to be rough, I knew I could make it through it. And so now taking back what this dream was, this was actually a mixture of a dream and an astral experience combined with spirit guides, with mm. soul family prior to coming here. The ship we were flying in was representing a spaceship, even though it was looked like a boat. And it was, it was the me, it was the conversation of me before coming to earth, be, being born here, seeing that it was gonna be rough. It was gonna be rough like the turbulent water. But I went anyway because I had confidence knowing that I would make it through the rough times and I would, I would make it, I would arrive. I would make it across the precipice. So this dream was showing me that along the way, the whole time, this ship was following me in the air above mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And I did in the dream, I made it, I swam strong, made it through the turbulent water, landed and climbed the, the, press, climbed the rocks. And there was the ship, my family there waiting for me. In waking life, this was a dream. In waking life, and long story short, I'm also an ET contactee. Is the is the is the the, the words really is the, is the label I guess that people like me get. Um, and so, in my waking life, I've had ships show up. After this dream, I've had ships show up in the sky. Now, not boats, but actual yeah, ships, yeah. glowing orbs that are just and they're just emitting a frequency of love. You just feel this deep family love. And telepathic message was, it doesn't matter where you go, we're always here, you always have support. So that happened. And I share that because we all have support, whether we connect with spirit guides yet or not, or or we're, we feel like it's a one-way conversation. Your spirit team hears you, they are here, they support us in a way that is self-empowering versus developing a dependency on them. They give us gentle nudges, point us in the right direction, but give us complete free will to do as we please. 
Oh but yeah. Yeah. More yes, exactly. I um <laughs> I've had some pretty profound spirit guide moments um that I I don't think in the moment I understood it to be spirit spirit guides. <clears throat> but um I mean, I've had everything from clear audience experiences where I've heard very clear authoritative voices. Um, well, voice really, it's just one voice I've heard. Um, so I'm familiar with that voice. Um, and it's not scary to me, but they have, they, he, it's, it sounds very masculine to me, but um, has only shown up at sort of transformative pivotal moments where I might've had, I might've fallen off the path or been like severely injured in some way that, um, you know, so they kind of saved my ass, frankly. Um, I mean, I did the saving, you know, physically in this body, like changed course or course corrected, if you will. But um, it was, in moments where I was, well, one time I was just in this relationship that was probably not the relationship I should have been in. And I was, I remember sitting there thinking like, well, it's not so bad. I could settle for this. Those literally were the words in, in my mind. And as soon as I had that thought, this voice just came and said, you have to get the fuck out. And it was like that, but louder than I could ever yell. And it was like the voice of doom. Um, and I was like, okay, okay, show me the door, show me the way out and I will go through it. Within two weeks, I had a new apartment and the money to pay for it. Like everything mm. that had kind of stopped me or made me feel like I was stuck in a rut had, um, dissolved and shown up as a, a new path forward. And what's interesting about that experience from an astrological perspective is that was going on during my Saturn return. Um, and if you, are you familiar with Saturn returns? I am, yeah. Yeah, so um, some people might be new to the podcast or might be new to astrology and might not know, but basically a Saturn return in a nutshell is when Saturn returns the same degree that it was when you were born. And it comes to teach you a lot of lessons and it's, it is the voice of karma and reason and logic and restrictions, um, but it wants to reward you as well. So it gives you all these tests that are really fucking complicated, really hard. It's like swimming through that ocean and climbing up those rocks, for example. Um, but you get to the other side and you are rewarded for your efforts. Um, and so, I mean, that was, I would say that was probably the beginning of my journey um, of becoming the astrologer that I am, becoming the person that I am today uh, was, I was literally sitting there thinking I was gonna settle and the universe had other things in store for me. Yeah, and those clear messages that you said, like how you just heard the voice. It was so not from me. It was like an external, very loud, it was like somebody invisible was in the room with a loudspeaker going, get the fuck out. <laughs> 
definitely i've had that happen before too and yeah in the waking in the waking state yeah um yeah. and sometimes those experiences also happen in dreams where it's like a one-liner dream where you might actually be in a dream doing some dream-like thing but a voice will come in and just give you a very clear message that does not need interpreting yep you know you're climbing up a mountain and and the voice was an actual dream climbing up a mountain and a voice said you can only go up so it's letting you know like you can only go up in life like just keep that positive mind optimistic know that you can only go up um just one-liners like this um you know climbing a tree out on the limb of a giant tree really high up in the dream and there's a fear like oh my gosh i might fall a voice comes in and says you are the tree holding yourself mm. so and uh and then another dream where it's just walking through a park and this bird says just listen in a very kind of cartoon par parrot bird kind of sound <laughs> just listen you know <laughs> so these just one-liner dreams that are just very clear and direct and and as far as connecting to spirit guides um you know if you, if you can put an invitation in if you haven't connected with them or you want to connect with them or you want them to show up in your dreams and you may or may not see them but just you want to have an interaction with them they'll show up in whatever way is best for you at this time you can set an intention you know loving supportive spirit guides i always say loving supportive spirit guides first especially if you're new to connecting with them just to know that you're connecting you're only calling those loving supportive spirit guides that are there for you you're not calling anyone else no one else can enter your field loving supportive spirit guides i would love to see you in my dreams and to remember the experience when i wake up loving supportive spirit guides i welcome you to work more directly with me in life in whatever way is best for my greatest good and the greatest good of all something like that uh, but yeah. put in an invitation in it's just invitation the more we invite our supportive spirit team around us the more they will show up actually in dreams and waking life i i definitely believe that's true um and sometimes though i think when they don't show up or aren't as obvious in their presence um it's because they don't want you to like get distracted from like being in this reality you know i mean there is we're here in this um you know terrestrial plane for a reason and to have this physical body experience um and so like that's what i have to remember myself when um you know i'm like oh i wish i could see you know this spirit guide or you know have a conversation with that one or ask more questions about this thing and you know it may or may not happen the way i want it to or i might not perceive it as happening um but i just have to remember well you know it'll happen when it's supposed to unfold the way it's supposed to unfold you know um like and said, if you're sitting there waiting on it it's like you're waiting on the phone to ring on a friday night <laughs> yeah totally you said it's it's uh i see if i remember what you just said it's um it's not that it's not happening it's actually uh, oftentimes it's more subtle that we don't realize it's happening so it's just like let's set the in, put the invitation out uh just welcoming them to work with you but in whatever way is best for you like i said it's it, we don't they don't want to distract us from being present here on earth and also if we were to see them it kind of can create a dependency on seeing them and hearing them all the time but really 
it's kind of a delicate imagine yourself being a spirit guide and you're trying to support someone but you want them to focus on them you don't want them to worship you as a guide mm. you want them to yeah. to have own power within themselves you want to self empower them and to do that it requires more hands off and more just subtle nudges so they might nudge us in a way that we get our own insight that, that comes from ourselves uh, but with a gentle nudge provided from a guide which we may have never even know <laughs> yeah that's a good way of putting it um i think um it reminds me of parenting skills in a way like um i mean i don't have children i have dogs and i have an adult my have my dad who i feel like is kind of like my child at this point in his life he's elderly and he had a stroke so he's like his you know abilities are different than they used to be so i have to work within that framework a lot but if i think of spirit guides as having a similar set of rules and metrics if you will or it's like they you they don't want to be doing all the work for you like and think of like helicopter parents the parents that like are always trying to micromanage your children's lives those kids end up being the ones who can't do for themselves as okay. readily or as well as the kids who have more or less been left to their own devices to kind of you know learn their own lessons at their own speed and time yeah touch the hot pan <laughs> Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's a a nice thing to point out is that we we have to learn our own lessons in a way that's meaningful for us because nobody can do that for us. Yeah, that's it. And we have different tools. We have tools of astrology that support us on our path. We have tools of dreaming that supports us on a path. There, there's so many tools that we can access that it, they're just tools, but mm -hmm. the tools help that point us inwards, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, and that's that is always what I tell people when they book a session with me is that um, the real value of astrology is coming back to it on a regular basis for self reflection and what and what it is that brings up for you as an individual. It's going to be different every time because the planets are literally changing every second of the day um, and what's going on in your life today could be completely different from what's going on a week six months a year six years from now you know um, but being able to come back and reflect on the themes of astrology and transits and aspects can help prompt you for self-reflection to going inward every time and that's a tool that once you learn it you can do for the rest of your life wherever you're at as long as you more or less know where the planets are and what they're doing if you know astrology and dreams like you're good <laughs> that's like plenty to work with yeah i, yeah, I mean arts to master uh and dreams are just so personal and interesting i mean i know i've gone through ptsd in my life um after i had a terrible car accident when i was a teenager and i would have nightmares for like a month like a solid month after that accident 
um, every time I closed my eyes, I would just be back in that car and just having this reoccurring uh, like nightmare of the accident and being, you know, out of control. Um, and it, you know, I would, in that particular instance, I didn't do anything wrong. I, somebody ran a red light and they hit me. Um, and so I was t- traumatized, you know, I like freaked out every time I got in a car, um, for a little while and I, I got over it, but, um, it's funny how sensitive we are and how it shows up in different ways if we're not you know fully aware of our sensitivities mm. yeah and so so i see you had those dreams for a while and they eventually just faded yeah right? yeah you know um it took me a little while to get a car and start driving again i mean it didn't take me that long maybe a month six weeks something like that um to get back out there on the road. And for maybe the first week or so, it was a little tense, but it, it you know, went away. Um, I worked through it, but I did it because I got back behind the wheel. You know, um, when I was a kid, I used to ride horses. And if you ever fell off the horse, the first rule was get back on the horse, like immediately. Because if you don't, you're gonna, it's gonna become this, like the psychological block. And- I see it will prevent you from moving on. So if you fall down, get up, do it again before you have a chance to like sit and agonize over it. Yeah, Yeah, that's good advice. Get back on the horse. (laughs) Get back on the horse, yep. So what's next um, in dream world? (laughs) What have you got? Do you have any projects or plans or things you wanna share, let people know about? Yeah, Yeah, so last year I created a course online which is uh at the moment a self-study course however i've just started doing these 90 minute workshops where it's just 90 minutes you hop on live on zoom it's interactive i teach you the interpretation process of you know some steps to help you to identify the symbols in your dream find what they mean to you identify the feelings and then interpret the dream and then find the core message of the dream and then to take that and integrate it. And how are you gonna integrate what you just learned from your dream? And then we do group together, we help each other interpret dreams to really do practice, to actually practice the process of interpretation, each individually on our own, then we share what we saw within each dream that's being presented. And so mm-hmm. we do that together in exercises. And then if we have time, we cover lucid dreaming. Uh, if not, then I provide that as a separate little um, video that you get to have and listen to afterwards. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, 90 minute workshop. Um, they're happening at the end of the month, each month just started. So yeah, those, um, my website for that is, or maybe should I give my Instagram? Yeah, whatever um, is the best easier. for, yeah. It's easier to translate in words. So yeah, yeah. the link for my live workshops to see when the next one is, date and time, it's in my bio. It's at underscore soul underscore dreamers with an S. So underscore soul, underscore dreamers with an S. Awesome. And let me know if you heard me here with Aurora and love to know where you came from. Yeah, and I'll put a link up uh, on the post when I post the podcast to your info. And um, I also have a page on the website that is linked to most of the people I have interviewed or had on the show in the past. So I'll, I'll make sure like people can find you if they're 
over at bloodmoonmilk.com. Um, you can get linked to Tyrone and his work with dreaming. Well, thanks for having me here and for providing a platform to, to inspire other people to find out about new information, such as the power of their dreams. Oh, well, you know, it's my absolute pleasure and I feel very blessed. I kind of hate that word, but like there's not a better one. Um, I'm from the American South, so that brings a lot of like, like real religious feeling for me but like I don't I feel blessed to be able to do this and to be able to help people become more introspective and self-reflective because even if I help one person that has a ripple effect you know in our community and it helps people you know think about things at a deeper more profound level than just the very you know surface of things which things are not what they seem. <laughs> yeah, we need to connect with as many people that are similar minded to us as possible to support our journeys to know we're not crazy and connect to podcasts and positive uplifting media as much as possible. Because like you said, the, the world's in a pretty wild state right now. Basically. Oh, yeah, the astrology is real intense. It's um, <laughs> I haven't recorded the new moon podcast yet. I'm probably going to do it tomorrow, but I was looking at the astrology of it. Um, and this would be for the Scorpio new moon on November 4th. It's an intense one and we're getting into eclipse season two. Um, and so there will be eclipses and it will be anytime eclipses are involved. Um, I, I will say it's like a destiny portal of a sort. And if depending on where that degree is, where it's happening, if that affects a personal planet for you, say the eclipse is happening at um, 27 degrees Scorpio. If you have a personal planet at 20 degrees or 24 degrees Scorpio, whatever I just said, can't remember. Um, <laughs> like it could really impact your life. It is transformative. Um, I know people who have completely changed their jobs, their relationships, um, their sexuality, um, like just overnight because of an eclipse. Um, and depends on where it's happening in your chart and what's going on, but they're just sort of abrupt endings and abrupt beginnings, like one after the other. It tends to, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Um, I'll keep an eye on season. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was great talking with you, Tyrone, and uh, stay in touch. Don't be a stranger and um, feel free to reach out if you have anything else you'd ever like to talk about. Okay. Likewise. All Thank right. You. Thank you.